It is February 2018, and it's time to get rid of some of the papers piling up around me. And if I do this, I can throw some of them out. I don't think it's February. I think I pronounce that wrong every single time. It's February. Valentine's Day is around the corner. So for all you single people out there, I know a knock-knock joke in case you're shy about asking someone to a Valentine's Day dinner or whatever. You say, knock-knock, who's there? Sherwood. Sherwood who? Sure would like to take you out this Valentine's Day. And if they deny you with that good of a line, they just don't deserve you. Okay, on to the first article. I pulled this one from the Journal of the American Medical Association, and it's called The Association Between Calcium or Vitamin D Supplementation and Fracture Incidents in Community-Dwelling Older Adults, Not Looking at younger people, and in older adults, they just meant 50 years or older. So basically, this is for the generation where the term happy hour means taking a nap. Is 50 really an older adult? Well, it is in this study, which is a meta-analysis, I should say, of randomized clinical trials. So for those of you who hate meta-analysis, skip ahead or whatever. But by the way, things can get very real for old people. And I wish this were a joke, but we have a guy in the hospital who's wheelchair bound. He's been in a wheelchair because of a motor vehicle accident for decades. But he was at his facility and he was getting tired of this woman cheating on bingo. And so apparently week after week on whatever Wednesday night bingo night, he felt she wasn't filling out her card right. Maybe she was having issues with dementia or maybe she really was cheating. But he assaulted her. I don't think it was bad. I think he like pushed her on the shoulder and nothing happened. But we cannot get this guy out of the hospital because now no facility will take him in the entire area of Colorado Springs. And he really needs to be at a facility for the long term. And I guess she pressed charges. And until those are resolved, he's stuck in our hospital. The way the modern American medical system works. Three months of hospitalization over an issue that happened in 10 minutes at a bingo game. Well, anyway, looking at this study from the Journal of American Medical Association, it is from December 26, 2017. And my listeners know my thoughts on a lot of these issues already, which is to prevent falls and increase muscle mass and balance exercise, what you want to do is lift weights. You want to increase bone density, you want to lift weights and start as early as possible in life doing that. But getting into deep conversations about that rarely happens in practice. So doctors say, why don't we just prescribe calcium and vitamin D and see if it lowers fracture incidence in community-dwelling older adults. We say, eh, it makes sense that it would. And this meta-analysis said, eh, probably not. The use of supplements that included calcium, vitamin D, or both compared with placebo or no treatment was not associated with a lower risk of fractures among community-dwelling older adults. In a subgroup analysis showed that these results were generally consistent regardless of the calcium or the vitamin D dose, regardless of sex, whether you're male or female, regardless of your fracture history, your dietary calcium intake, and your baseline vitamin D concentration. 
Now, vitamin D, it can be used for a lot of things other than trying to protect bone health. So I don't think this is a global statement to not use vitamin D supplementation. But I think it gets back to the point that a lot of times we just prescribe this stuff or tell our patients to take it. We don't really have great evidence behind it with some of what we're trying to intend to do, like decrease fractures. And we do have good evidence that other things do prevent falls sarcopenia, fractures. And this study, from a scientific standpoint, ruins another pickup line that is even worse than my earlier knock-knock joke pickup line, which is that inappropriate cheesy guy at the bar will no longer be able to say, are you calcium because you harden my bone? Because now it's not scientifically accurate. Let's move on to another study, also from the Journal of American Medical Association, also from 2017. You know, in some cases, timing can be everything. And no, I am not talking about the blonde so proud of herself because she finished a puzzle in five hours when the box said three to five years. Nope, I am talking about a study that was titled Association Between Wait Time and 30-day mortality in adults undergoing hip fracture surgery. And as you know, over the years in medicine, we have learned hard lessons about timing for quickly treating conditions like stroke, myocardial infarction, sepsis, and we have another item to add to an ever-growing list. Hip fractures most commonly occur in frail older adults who have significant underlying comorbidity. So, Appropriate questions arise about balancing the risks of quickly proceeding to surgery with possible uncorrected underlying abnormalities versus the risk of delaying surgery to perform a thorough preoperative assessment and to optimize preoperative status. So in this retrospective cohort study of 42,000 patients who had surgery for hip fracture within 24 hours of admission, they had a lower 30-day mortality than patients who had surgery more than 24 hours after admission. Basically, do proceed to surgery within 24 hours in patients who are medically stable enough to do so. Now, nearly every elderly hip fracture patient has comorbidities. So waiting on a screening echo or a stress test, unless it will truly change things, is probably going to hurt your patient by delaying surgical repair. And it wasn't just mortality that was higher if you delayed surgery. You had increased risk of pulmonary embolism and myocardial infarction and pneumonia rate and things that could lead not only to morbidities but mortality. And while it wasn't necessarily the purpose of this study, the hospitalist in me saw something else in the study. So even if you appropriately clear a patient, know that that patient is already in a very high-risk situation to begin with. So in this study, the folks getting surgery in less than 24 hours, they still had a 30-day mortality rate of nearly 6%. Not because they shouldn't have been cleared for surgery. Rather, again, it showed the opposite, that waiting is even worse. But the point is that more than 1 in 20 people with a hip fracture getting repaired will die within a month, even with a quick surgical response. These are frail people who fall for various medical reasons, who fracture easily, 
and don't always heal well. Now, there will be some patients with active medical comorbidities that will require evaluation and stabilization before you do proceed to surgery, but you don't want to have an attitude of, hey, we can just chill. There's time to chill in life, but not after a hip fracture that needs repair. And on that topic, when it comes to being chill and chilling, come on guys, all the ladies know that a guy texting to see if they want to watch some Netflix and chill is not asking that at all, so people need to start coming up with better lines. <laughs> I don't know why this lecture keeps coming back to pickup lines. Um, I really didn't plan it, I promise, but all right, I'll stop with the pickup lines. So anyway, don't get me wrong about medical comorbidities that are serious. So fix unsafe issues, which sometimes need many hours or possibly longer. It's hard to send somebody into surgery with hypotension or lungs full of fluid. Just saying that dealing with immediate comorbidities should be done as quickly as possible. So if you're the hospitalist, get a move on it. Unlike our bigger world where karma seems to move way too slowly, hospitalized patients accumulate problems fast. So delaying surgery results in postponement of weight bearing, which leads to delayed functional recovery, which not only worsens cost and length of stay, but increases your risk of deep vein thrombosis, catheter-associated urinary tract infections, skin breakdown, and on and on. And I can't speak for everywhere, but I suspect, without any proof, that most delays are not hospitalist-induced. It's just like we shouldn't diagnose ourselves with depression if the real problem is we are surrounded by total jerks. In which case, in my opinion, skip the SSRI and just turn up Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon so loudly that you can't hear your thoughts, which takes care of the issue 74% of the time in my um, N of 1 trial. No, but what I was trying to get at is that delays may happen because of OR availability. Ortho isn't staffed on weekends and holidays as well as it should be. Other traumas end up taking priority or whatever your hospital's particular issues are. And, and they need to fix that. But us hospitalists or internal medicine docs or family practitioners or ER docs should know this data about delaying hip surgery and continue to strive to minimize the timing of medical clearance and preoperative treatments and be the best advocates for our patients. Wow, I can't believe I only got to two articles. I have like 15 to 20 in front of me that I want to run through, but I babble too long and have run out of time and I gotta get going. So that just means there will be more to come as far as future updates, of course, because medicine's always changing. All right, so this is Gil Parrott. I will catch you on the next round.